Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm Fi, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. And I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we've got an interesting question that came in from a listener. It's why are all the Olympics money losers? Uh, except for the famous LA event, of course, in 1984. Oh, right. It is that time of the year again, or time of four years. <laughs> That's right. So, um, Olympic money losers. You know, that is a really fascinating question, which we can get to in a bit. And I'm guessing listeners have been asking about the Olympics in general. That's right. Uh, a lot of our listeners have been asking various questions, uh, but some of the most interesting ones are curiously not about the sport, but about the financing itself. Uh, so why don't we start with how does funding for the Olympics even work? Um, I've been reading that the cost for the Tokyo Olympics has gone up by $3 billion because it was delayed from last year with COVID. Uh, and then, of course, you always read about Sochi as the event that costs $50 billion. Where does all that money come from? Wow, those are some big numbers, Tim. <laughs> um, Olympic financing is a really fascinating topic, and there's so many different parts to it. I mean, first of all, you have the International Olympic Committee, the IOC, right? And they get most of their funds from selling the media rights for the game. So, for example, here in the U.S., NBC paid the IOC, IOC like a billion dollars just for the rights uh, for the Summer Games. And there's also sponsorships, like how McDonald's pays uh, the IOC for the rights to use the Olympic rings and name in their ads. So this money funds that governing body that chooses the location, sets the events, sets the rules, tests the athletes, and officiates the games. Uh, you know, all that sort of thing. Got it. But how about the countries who host the actual games then? Well, the actual games themselves are paid for by the host country uh, through things like taxes, loans, or private sponsorships. So it tends to vary widely with different events and different host countries, and it's actually quite interesting to investigate. For example, London paid $14.6 billion for hosting the Olympics and Paralympics in 2012. Wow. And of that 14.6, you have a lot of money. Uh, 4.4 billion came from taxpayers. Uh, on the other hand, we have you know Beijing. They paid. Uh, this I think they spent like a massive 42 billion dollars on hosting in 2008, and Athens, Greece, uh, spent 15 billion hosting the 2004 Olympics. So it's definitely not cheap, and taxpayers often do bear a large part of the burden. So why would a country want to hold the Olympics if they have to raise taxes to afford it? I mean, I thought the Olympics was supposed to help the country, um, but raising municipal bonds or taxes, that doesn't seem to help. You know, it's a good question because many host cities and nations ask themselves when they do the bidding process. Um, cities hosting the Olympics, they gain temporary jobs due to infrastructure improvements that continue benefiting the cities into the future. And then there's also the benefit of thousands of sponsors, media, athletes, and spectators often visiting for six months before and after uh, the Olympics, which tends to bring in a lot of additional revenue. But you are right that as a, taxpayer, as a taxpayer citizen, it's a valid question to ask whether it's worth it. I mean, taxpayers in Athens will continue to be assessed payments of about $57,000 annually until the debt is paid, paid in full. And it was 2006 before Montreal finished paying off their debt from the 1976 games. Uh, wow. And, and Rush, yeah, yeah, long time. 
and the the Russian taxpayers will pay almost a billion dollars annually for many years to come to pay off the debt from that 2014 Winter Games in Sochi, like you mentioned earlier. So why are all the Olympic events uh, losers financially, um, except for LA? Then back to my original question: What did they do differently to other hosts? Yeah, well, adjusted for inflation, the LA game secured twice the amount of income received uh, by the 1980 Moscow Summer Olympics and four times that of the 1976 Montreal Summer Olympics. So LA had a few advantages. Uh, one is that they already had a lot of the existing infrastructure and facilities. Um, there was also a Soviet boycott, <laughs> so a large population that went to the games and uh, converting the newly built facilities to other uses helped uh, LA become such a success. Uh, and of course, you know, like we talked about earlier, corporate sponsorship, which was kind of a new model for the games at the time. Uh, the LA Olympics, in fact, were the first to use corporate sponsors. Coke and McDonald's picked up a large chunk of the tab. Didn't some people name that particular Olympic Games the Coca-Cola Games? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, that's right. Um, they really were the first to use uh, the sponsorship and corporate model successfully. Uh, but again, we shouldn't discount the impact of the infrastructure too. And there's also a combined factor of infrastructure and corporate involvement in LA. The only two new venues constructed specifically for that 1984 Olympics were, uh, they were secured using, again, the backing of corporate sponsors. Oh, what were those two uh, venues? Oh yeah, so, so the two new ones, uh, it was the Olympic... Uh, Velodrome, which was largely funded by the 7-Eleven Corporation, and the Olympic Swim Stadium, uh, again by McDonald's. Now, why doesn't the IOC just buy an island somewhere and hold the Olympics there every time? Oh, yes, yes, that's always a really fun question. Um, you know, maybe for this year, it might have been a good idea. But in general, the Olympics are about bringing together the international community and isolating the games on an island kind of is the opposite to that spirit. Uh, tourists and travel are a huge part of the Olympics for the host nation, and a secluded island wouldn't really have that. Now, you mentioned McDonald's earlier, and of course they've been a key sponsor of the, the core Olympic Games, even before LA, I believe. Um, wasn't there a free uh, McDonald's in the Olympic Village? Oh yes, yes. There was a, there's a, there used to be a McDonald's uh, in every Olympic village, and it provided free food too. Uh, it was all a part of their sponsorship deal. But unfortunately, uh, McDonald's and the IOC they announced in 2017 that they were ending their long-running sponsorship deals uh, three years earlier than planned. Oh no! So even though there was yeah, even though there were free McDonald's in Rio and Pyongyang and some really funny pictures of these Olympic athletes in line, a very long line uh, for free McDonald's, uh, unfortunately that won't be the case in Tokyo in 2021. Oh, I guess there will be some unhappy Olympians then uh, with that decision. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. Tell us what uh, Olympic games you're watching. Uh, and if you have any other Olympic-related questions which you'd like us to tackle in future episodes. Uh, as always, thank you to the wonderful community at r slash explain like I'm five, and we will see you all next week.